Can you really believe Simon Cowell has a penis? Answer me this, answer me this. Which is your favourite Williams, Robbie or Venus? Answer me this, answer me this. Helen and Ollie, answer me this. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. Yes, I hope you enjoyed our holiday. <laughs> Just as much as we did. It's not very often in life you can say that, is it? I hope you enjoyed our holiday. People used to say that probably when they did those awful slideshows when they'd invite the family around and show their holiday <laughs> pictures, but no one really did enjoy that. Is there a modern equivalent of that, which I guess would be making someone look at your Facebook photo? Yeah, I've got a Flickr slideshow if you're interested. <laughs> yeah, 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 but have you ever sat there with someone and said, look at my holiday? Martin has. Yeah. yeah. Right. When we got back from honeymoon, three and a half weeks, about, what, 4,000 photos? Two and a half thousand, let's be realistic. You destroyed some of our friends. <laughs> the best way to do it is, if, I've got a Wii and they'll do a slideshow with us an SD card. Okay, do you just wave the Wii wand to move it on to the next no, slide? No, well what's funny about it is it plays this really chintzy Japanese music over the uh-huh. top of it so that's quite amusing even if you're not finding the photos that entertaining. Well, it, that is the uh, ethos that the Trachtenberg family slideshow players <laughs> yeah. made a career of. <laughs> exactly, that's right. Anyway, one thing that was very, very, very exciting about our holiday, you remember that album listeners that we released just before we went on our break that was the special edition of Answer Me This all about the Queen's Jubilee. Do you possibly mean Answer Me This Jubilee, our special one-off one-hour album of exclusive new content do you mean the album that you guys made into the number one comedy album on uk itunes for three weeks which was pretty amazing and we were quite excited but when you analyze it as bloody matthew crosby had to point out shut up matthew crosby there are ringtones in that chart (laughs) but what was really exciting and something we genuinely had never considered is that because of a quirk of the way that itunes categorizes our hour-long spoken word album (laughs) as music um we were actually eligible for the iTunes UK album chart. And bloody hell, we made it in there. To number 18. That's amazing. Number 18 in the chart. We were above Rihanna, we were above, above Kanye Madonna. West, Rizzle Kicks, Bruno Mars, Florence and the Machine. All wow. those kids, One Direction. All pretenders to the throne. Unbelievable. I should point out before people start saying, oh, you must be swimming in money because you're bigger than Kanye West. <laughs> we were bigger than Kanye West's year-old album for one day in a specific territory. <laughs> and our album cost £2.49. So, yeah. you know, don't get ahead of yourselves. We're not going to be buying a sports car anytime yeah. soon. And some other people have been saying oh, that's just asking us to pay for the podcast. Why would you do that? It's like, well, because we spend all this time making the podcast for no money. And if you're listening to that thinking, oh, you poor penniless idiots, (laughs) there is a PayPal donate button on our website. But you can buy this album. And thank you to everyone who has and made us a number 18 album. Then you can go to our website, answermethispodcast.com. Slash Jubilee. But unfortunately, not all of you have had a very good time during our break. For instance, David in Brisbane has had a pretty shit time of it. He says, I've been in hospital having cancer removed from my bladder for two days. I had a hose stuck up my penis and gallons of fluid flushed through my system. As you can imagine, sleep never came. Just razor blades through my dick. Wow. But Mm. thanks to your podcasts, I managed to smile and even laugh. So thank you, answer me this. You helped me make it through a very long 48 hours. If there's one thing that makes it all mean something, it's, it's that we can make wide. a man with a hose up his penis for two days laugh. <laughs> it used to be my job to make a man with a hose up his penis laugh. Yeah, That's true. Was, yeah. Actually, it used to be your job to cure him of cancer, but... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, but I, I like to do it with a humorous touch. They called you the Patch Adams of the cancer <laughs> Did you have any uh, tricks you used to do to make people smile in that situation? Well, they were mostly under general anaesthetic, so no. <laughs> Tickle their feet. Well, all the best to you, Dave. Uh, and Helen, I hope your holiday was uh, a bit better than that. Yeah, I like to think it was. It was better than being in hospital. It was better than having anything up my urethra. Glad to hear it. That's going to be on the Thomas Cook brochure for next year. Even better than that! What were the highlights? We actually did two very podcast related things one was we went for lunch at apple 
in Cupertino. Yes. Yeah, we went to Infinite Loop. We went to Infinite Loop. We just went round and round and round the block yeah. forever. <laughs> what was it like being in Apple HQ? It was like being in a university campus in Utopia. <laughs> Everything was white. Yeah, like in, like in the Bill and Ted movie. The grass was uncannily perfect. It was all like the uniform length, incredible green, and you're allowed to walk on it. That's mad. And our other very uh, podcasty thing we did was we had brunch with Jesse Thorne of the Maximum Fun podcast. And was it Maximum Fun? It was. He made us biscuits and gravy, which I'd never had before, but it's a very classic American dish. And also, I think a lot of listeners will find this weird. I know it was only for less than 24 hours, but you did spend some time in Las Vegas. Yes, uh, I imagine yes. you went pole dancing and Martin, you wasted 50k on black. But then what did you do after that? I earned the money back through prostitution. <laughs> uh, actually, we did. You know what? Because it was a convenient waypoint between our previous uh, appointment in Utah and our destination in Death Valley. Right. So it was a good place to stop for the night. And actually... You compared if, buffets, didn't you? That's what yeah, you basically did. did. If you're staying as we were in a hotel without a casino that's non-smoking, you're just staying in a nice hotel. And then you go and have a nice meal. And you're sort of separated from the banality of it. And then you go and look at some themed buildings and you think, this is like Toyland. And then you go outside and you see all these people on street corners going, girls in your room in 20 minutes. And you <laughs> yeah. think, I'm going to go back now and just watch television. <laughs> well, we've got a question sort of about America. Uh, okay. Our first question of the series, it's from Mitra from Glasgow. Well, I'm now an expert on America. That's right. Yeah, that's so how it works. Throw it at me. Uh, and uh, she says, on American TV programmes, you always see people eating Chinese takeaway from cool white containers usually with chopsticks straight from the box it's true I know the ones she means it's also that thing of you see them come with their groceries in the brown paper bag under their arm that thing those boxes are cool they are cool they're much cooler than what we have the foil containers with the leaky lids this is what she's saying they they look amazing and as a frequent consumer of Chinese food if there was somewhere near me that used them instead of the usual dodgy Tupperware or the leaky tin foil with a lid I would order from them every single time so Helen answer me this why on earth haven't UK takeaways caught on to this aesthetically I don't know and I assume they're more environmentally friendly because paper degrades a lot better than foil or polystyrene also flat pack easier to store yep However, leaky, I should expect, if you've got very runny food. Yeah, but presumably there's other boxes inside the white boxes, aren't there? No, no, no. no. You're kidding. Yeah, I've had it. I've had it in America. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Not on this trip, though. This is just a a memory I'm fishing out. Oh, well done. Yeah, no, I understand how that works, but thanks for explaining. You understand how memories work. (laughs) So if you've got, like, chicken and black bean sauce... Yes. ...and that's just dumped into a white box... In the white box. What stops it leaking out the bottom? They're quite cleverly constructed... And in the American series, they're always eating noodles, which aren't yeah, funny. Yeah, right. like a light stir fry doesn't require that much fluid. But uh, there is actually a more substantial reason why these are largely combined to the USA, and I believe the Canadians dabble as well. Okay. And this is because these boxes were originally invented um, as oyster pails. So people would go and buy oysters. They would be shucked at the place because it's quite hard to shuck oysters. And then they would take the shucked oysters home in these boxes. Yeah. First half of the 20th century, oysters were plentiful and pretty cheap. So people ate a lot of them. And then because of overfishing, the oyster population suddenly dwindled. Okay. But they'd already manufactured a shitload of the oyster pails. You're kidding. Now, this coincided with the post-war <laughs> years in the States when uh, takeaway foods and kind of ready meals and stuff were really popular and Chinese food was particularly popular. It was very easy to heat up and it was quite yeah. exotic and stuff. And so um, they started using the boxes. And I guess the reason why they haven't caught on elsewhere in the world, because the Chinese apparently don't really use them, is because they're probably only manufactured in North America. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's a bit like 
if, I don't know, Vietnamese food was suddenly getting popular in this country at the very same time Woolworths shut down and they started putting it in pick and mix bags. Yeah, or at the very same time that people stopped <laughs> sending airmail letters. Yeah. So we kept in blue envelopes with red borders. Yeah, that's good. Good fact to kick off the series with, Helen. Yeah. Here's a question from Fiona from Golden in Colorado, who says, recently one of my good friends got engaged. Oh, good. And several exclamation marks. So I think she's sincere when she says, I'm very excited for both her and her future husband. Well, that's rare, isn't it? Yeah. Usually our correspondents are like, unfortunately, he's a massive bellend. I hate <laughs> it. The only problem is that they're having a pirate wedding at the local Renaissance Festival. Oh, wow. <laughs> As in a, so cool. No, a Martin, we wedding. cannot get remarried at the <laughs> pirate festival. Normally, I'm very excited for weddings and generally have a great deal of fun at a Renaissance Festival, but the combination of the two is a wardrobe nightmare. Oh, hold on, what, what's a Renaissance Festival? I've heard of Renaissance fairs because they're in American sitcoms and stuff where everyone gets dressed up as Maid Marian and hijinks ensue. Right. It's I, basically what Americans think British people look yeah, like. Yeah, okay, I've seen that parodied in The Simpsons. It's like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. but And that's a widespread national trend. Well, according to the TV programmes that I watch that are all fictional, yes. Amazing. And they say Renaissance, not Renaissance, which is naturally how I'd say it but because this is a question from an American I'm translating so if I dress like I'm going to a wedding then I would feel silly at the Renaissance Festival but if I dress like a pirate I would feel silly attending a wedding not a pirate wedding that's what they want you to feel why don't you go dressed as a boat or, um. or a Somali pirate put a modern spin on it <laughs> it's not very festive though is it he yeah. bought the AK <laughs> my boyfriend who has agreed to be my plus one is convinced we should dress like pirates as it is the theme of the wedding yes but I'm not sure this is the wisest wardrobe choice well it's not your wardrobe choice so the wisdom is uh, really palmed off on someone else do what it says on the invitation I mean if the invitation said white tie you might not like it but you would go and rent a white tie outfit because that's what you've been invited to yeah, when you, you accept the invitation you're saying yes I will comply uh, so Ollie answer me this should I dress like I'm going to a wedding or am I going to a renaissance festival you're going to both, but you've been invited to a pirate wedding. This is very clear cut. And maybe put a parrot on your shoulder. It's what these people want. Just go along with it. It means you don't have to wear a fascinator. If you really loved your friends, you'd chop off one of your hands and pop a pet and knife. <laughs> yeah, get a wooden leg. Actually, you did, that. you did that, didn't you? At a fancy dress party, you said it's very uncomfortable. Well, yeah, because having bark stapled to your leg, you've got to be careful how you do it. Don't use, use staples. Use fake rubber tree. Or just paint your shin with a lot of fake tan. In fact, you do that quite often accidentally. You dress as a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> There weren't many female pirates around. No, so what does all... a woman do in a pirate costume? Dress as a wench. Dress as Kira Knightley in Pirates no, well, of the yeah, No, but that's the thing. Right, so you think Gina Davis cuts throat island, oh, sexy pirate. But actually, like in reality, if you look at the history of it, most of the women that were on pirate ships had to pretend to be men to get on. Well, and then if they were found out as being women on the ship, they were probably killed. And certainly the pirates that were shagging them were killed. Okay, so she should go as a cabin boy and drag. Basically. Or, if you look at the history, as you've just been doing, Ollie... What kind of pirates were there in the Renaissance? Because I thought most ships then were full of people going to the Middle East to do yeah. crusades. <laughs> Consult with your friends first and find out how they're going. Yes, if you all do it, it's not embarrassing. Exactly. If only half of you do it, awkward. See, well, now I had this thing the other week where my girlfriend's friend, who I don't really know, was having... It wasn't even her, it was her friend, but oh, they're in a group of gosh. friends. But, you know, I, someone I'd never met was having a birthday party. Yes. The birthday party was at the Zoo Bar in Leicester Square, not right. an establishment I've ever frequented before. And I was told through my girlfriend that oh yeah yeah because it's at the zoo bar we all go dressed as an animal that's mm -hmm. what you do when you go to the zoo bar 
So I was like, okay, fair enough. I do have to come straight from doing a radio interview. So I really don't want like a massive full on bear outfit. But you know, let's go and see what we can get. And we went to Angel's, the costume shop. And we spent spent £65 on costumes that really were like made in China shit. Why didn't you go to the zoo and flay something? (laughs) So anyway, my girlfriend went as a sexy bumblebee. She was a sexy bumblebee. Well, because you know, every time you see a bee, you think, oh, have a bit of that. (laughs) Look look at the arse on that. It's pretty pointy. (laughs) Gonna get me some of that sweet honey. Um, But no, she did look good because it was like she's a fit girl it's the mini skirt uh there's like a sort of you know the black and yellow booby tube thing yeah. and then the stockings bees don't wear stockings no, they don't. your girlfriend doesn't even have six legs like a real bee. somehow it worked mm. yeah. and i was like look i want something i can slip on quickly over what you're wearing yes. your work clothes I don't want to be too hot so what i got was a dog hat yeah and dog gloves so we get there at the zoo bar at leicester square standing outside and all we can see is a lot of middle-aged Polish tourists wearing flip-flops and um, like polo shirts what they come as Ockerby or something (laughs) and I'm thinking okay it doesn't look like it's fancy dress but you know the bar's downstairs Mm. so maybe down there and guess what downstairs a lot of middle-aged Polish tourists wearing polo shirts and flip-flops dickheads apart from this group of friends that my girlfriend knows who have all come as animals oh good and is the zoo bar very heavily animal themed or is it just Mm. and I was kind of embarrassed because it's alright if you're a sexy bumblebee girl yeah like your girl Mm. But if you're, if you're a bloke and you're a wearing sexy dog bloke. a dog hat in this club where no one else is dressed in a fun way at all, hey. I was thinking, oh, this could be really like awkward. Oh, come on. Luckily, one of the other boyfriends had come wearing a full rat costume. Wow. Head to tail. Full on, like, Disneyland style. Padded arms, legs, whiskers. Oh my legs, God, that's whiskers, so warm. <laughs> thing. Tail. Yeah, tail. And no idea to just dance next to him all night. So I think people thought I was a gay dog, but I was happy because at least... No, you're a dog that likes rats, you pervert. (laughs) But the point is, I'm glad that I was dressed like the minority rather than the majority because I was with the minority. Yes. So that's what you've got to consider. Hey, and you were the cool ones. Your girlfriend was dressed as a sexy bee (laughs) rather than a Polish tourist, Mm. which wasn't the theme of the bar. (laughs) I got a question. Email your question. To answer me this podcast at googlemail.com 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 Time for a long email now from Robin, but bear with it, it is amusing. Uh, She says... My boyfriend and I have recently moved into our first house together in North Wales. Over the bank holiday weekend, we started to have a small problem within our quiet cul-de-sac. We're trying to use it as a through road, but it couldn't. On Easter Friday, we had a knock on the door. Rat-a-tat-tat went Jesus Christ. The we had a knock on the door and my boyfriend answered it. And was greeted by a gentleman who introduced himself as the man from number 11. He asked if we wanted our car washing. Uh-huh. He charges £3 and, quote, does all the cars on this road, end oh, quote. Oh, really? He's got the monopoly, has he? £3 is a hell of a good deal. Is it? That's cheap. Is that inside out of that? This doesn't specify. Well, let's right. judge. Uh, my boyfriend told him very politely that we were fine, but if we did want our car washing, we would let him know. That seems like the polite brush off. That does, yes. That mm. sounds, yeah. Saturday, he called again. God persistent is he not british leave it for like at least two weeks i don't know the half of it helen Uh, and said as we were new on the road 
he would only charge us two pounds. Because of course wow. the price was the problem. It's just yeah. beyond our means. We just bought this house. Good move, Robin. <laughs> we're, pay- we're paying water by rate. You know, they haggled without even knowing it. They're That's the best haggling of all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're playing hardball because they really don't care, so they can get a great price. Yeah, there's a lesson true. there. Amazing. I don't really care about getting an iPad. So give me one for no pounds. <laughs> Again, my boyfriend told him we were fine, and he went away. But when the man from number 11 called the third time... (laughs) Monday came and he called again. Jesus. My boyfriend answered the door and the man told him he would wash it for free. Has he got a fetish? This is weird, isn't it? He thinks you've got a sexy car and he wants to rub himself on it amid lava. Again, he was told we were fine. After a couple of hours, I heard a noise outside. I looked out of the kitchen window. (laughs) The man was washing our car. Mm. (laughs) Ah, <laughs> oh, with the lather of his madness. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Oh, I'd imagine you would be quite out of ideas at this point. That is a weird... I can imagine why what you've done is construct an email to us, because this is a situation where even the police are not relevant, are they? The man's doing something helpful for free <laughs> without being asked. Doesn't this happen at the beginning of Single White Female? <laughs> Later on, there was another knock. I answered the door this time. It was the man. Surprising. No one else in this cul-de-sac ever comes around to call. No, that's because they're too afraid to unboard their front doors. <laughs> he, he said he'd washed my car, and what did I think? I said, thank you very much. It looked fine. But if we wanted him to do it again, we would ask him. Well, he's already proven that he does not understand or acknowledge that construction. That's right. This level of repetition only ever occurs in very dark fairy tales, doesn't it? (laughs) If you want it doing again, we'll ask you, said Rumpelstiltskin. Anyway, Robin says, the car wasn't fine. There was actually bird poo on it, but I wasn't going to tell him that. Well, he's not even good at it. Not even good. That's why he can't Mm. judge. Yeah. I then said that I didn't have any money to pay him. He said this was fine and to pay him when I have it. Don't pay him. He said it was free. Yeah. He said it was free. Don't encourage him with money. Are you Mm. crazy? Don't pay him. Uh, We've only been here a few weeks, she continues, and the only other car we've seen him do belongs to a vulnerable old man across the road. 50 quid and no one gets hurt. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Do you think he just judges what everyone's price is? And they were three quid. He's not going to uh, the six foot five tree surgeon, is he, at number six? (laughs) We don't know if the man from number 11 is sane or not. I think I know. Yep. Yep. But our next door neighbour says he is, quote, a bit dodgy. Really? To be honest, though, he may be a little little bit nuts but he sounds like the savviest businessman i've ever heard. <laughs> he's just not letting go until you have a mafioso style contract to only get your car washed through him every day you say he's a good businessman but how many times would he have to watch each car on that street to even make a living wage ollie yeah. three pounds per wash i think he's got a sexual fetish that the car washing for discount prices is allowing <laughs> that's my theory you think he's gonna go outside one day and he'll just have his dick inside the petrol canister yeah and if he's doing that he wants it to be clean he called again today for the money robin continues i said i didn't have it and he'd told my boyfriend he would do it for free anyway he denied this of course he did but left in the cold light of day it was the most foolish offer he'd made (laughs) (laughs) so helen answer me this and help us what should we do about this situation should we pay him the three pounds and then tell him sternly we do not want him to wash our car again or should we just leave it until he breaks into our house to reap the money he's owed what if he just starts raising it he's like if you don't pay me today it's gonna be ten thousand tomorrow (laughs) i mean that's what gets the guy into trouble in the film drive yes yes yeah it's that kind of thing money but also i think you need to be stern i think 
don't be welcoming. Just be like, look, we didn't ask you to wash our car. I'm not paying you to wash our car and don't wash our car again. And I think a little bit of hostility now will save a lot of hostility later. Yeah, you're probably right, but it does sound like he's the kind of guy that could then take a shirt in your front drive, which you don't want when you've just moved into a neighbourhood. Hey, but he'll probably clean it up again, so it's fine. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, if he said everybody else pays me three pounds to wank through their letterbox, and you yeah. go, no, it's fine. We don't need any wanking through our letterbox. And then he, <laughs> he knocks on the door and says, I just wanked through your letterbox. Yeah, then you'd call the police. You wouldn't say, oh, I'd better go and get my purse. Yeah. Being a sort of considerate, caring community type, as I'm sure you are, Robin, maybe just invite him in for a cup of tea and no, a chat. No, 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 no. Do not invite him in, because then he'll see all sorts of things that need to be washed. Are you crazy? <laughs> Don't invite him in. Maybe he just needs a friend, and maybe you could be a friend rather than a donor. Be a friend outside, in public view, where if anything weird happens, other people can step in and help you. Yeah. But don't invite him in your house and don't give him any money. You could invite him to your house when there's other people there. You could have a little housewarming. No. That'll just become a networking party for him to get other cars to watch. <laughs> That's but the danger. If he's a bit lonely, then he'll find other people that he can talk to as Look, well as you. Well, we don't know that he's lonely. We do know that he's really weird. Yeah. I think there's also a business opportunity here, if you're being very hard-headed about it. He is washing cars at a rate that no one has paid since the early 80s. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know that his door-to-door sales skills are persistent. Yeah. I think what you should do is set yourself up as an agent. What you do is you print off some flyers for him. You commercialise this business. Oh, the you printing give... off the flyers, you're never going to recoup that cost. Well, you you're can do idiot. that very cheaply, Helen. You give him some flyers and you say, car washing, £8 a pop. And you get him to go around selling his services at £8, you get the commission. Everyone's happy. You're turning his exploitation of you into exploitation of him that's also making him money, that's also making you money, that's exploiting only other people that you don't care about. I think the only bit of that idea that isn't terrible <laughs> is the fact that by sending him off with these flies, you're getting him out of your way for a protracted period of time. Yeah. And maybe he'll find someone else's door that he likes knocking on more than yours. But you are becoming a business partner with a madman. Why would you do that? See, yeah. your plan is very flawed. Right. You could also ask your neighbours what they did to ward off his advances. That's true, because she said that the only other customer is the vulnerable old man across the road. Or just start caking your car with the kind of muck you think no human would be willing to go near for £3 or any pounds. Then you're destroying your car just because you don't want to say to someone, go away. Look, keep another car just around the corner that you actually use. So she should buy a second car. Burn out your car (laughs) in front of him. Helen, Oliver... Though life is full of questions, there are answers you must know. One. No, it will not fall off, but moderation in all things too. Yes, there probably is, but we won't find out in our lifetimes. Three. Most people prefer colliery, but my personal favourite is Dalton Four. If you try and slip a one, it would ruin your friendship. Yes. Well, for the first time in this series, we invite you to call the following number. Oh two oh eight one two three five eight double seven. And leave a question on our question line, which you can also reach by Skyping. Answer me this. Hello, this is Peter from Aberton. I'm just doing some washing. Uh, Helen and Ollie, answer me this. The washing powder tray has got a thing for pre-wash. 
What's that for? Does anyone use it? Do you use it? We're using it now to wreak free <laughs> entertainment for the world. <laughs> if you miss this kind of quality content, listeners, whilst we've been gone, I'm doing some washing. <laughs> Watch some magic happen. I'm going to weave this into gold. Um, what, does it matter? Does it matter what this tray is used What's for? What's it for? So, I could have an extra four cubic inches in my kitchen to do something better with, like my putty four station. <laughs> <laughs> so long as your clothes are adequately gunked in uh, liquid then yeah. it doesn't really matter which entry point they use, but, does but, it? But why has it got three entry points? One's for detergent, one's for conditioner. Yes, what's, what's the, the other third? one for? Well, it's for, well the pre-wash is adding a bit of extra before your main cycle, so if your clothes are thoroughly disgusting, yeah. they've got a bit more so washing time. I think it's safe time, to assume, Peter, yours are. And you can put in extra detergent to give them kind of two bites at the cherry of getting clean, or oh. this kind of stain removal powders yes oh, yeah because so i'm pretty sure drawer, yes exactly but i add my vanish to the uh to the main drawer which i think is what it tells you to do on the packet but maybe not everyone's got a pre-wash drawer like not, fancy yeah. pants peter maybe some people still have to do their washing one those ones where you load it in from the top and then just hope for the best <laughs> when i think about it <laughs> and I've, who would want to <laughs> i've come to realize that about half the gadgets in my house actually i don't know probably 60% of their function. Yeah, but that's because most of the gadgets in your house are completely pointless. But, it, but even sensible things, like like my DVD recorder, mm. that actually speaks a foreign language because it's been badly translated. It's LG, <laughs> right? When, when you've recorded something, instead of saying, are you done, or click to finish, it says, do you want finalisation? Wow. Is that like an ejaculation? Or? <laughs> exactly. yeah, would you like a happy finish? Would you like me to shoot you with a dart? <laughs> and then the options, I think, are like apply or revert. And it's just like, I don't know what this means. I can't possibly understand. But so long as I can get done what I need getting done, then yeah. it's fine. But that's how I feel about computers. They've got all these functions that I don't yeah, need. Yeah, you'll never need. But it's like when my parents used to get really wound up that their computer had more things than Internet Explorer, Word, and a calculator on it. Mm. I don't What's this? Spre- spreadsheets? Yeah, but see, I can make people, a table in Word. What old, <laughs> old, old people get annoyed about that kind of thing because their mentality is that if it, if there's extra stuff, it it's must wearing cost more. It out. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But whereas actually, like if you go up in our generation where you can have unlimited emails and unlimited text I mean, we know that it doesn't really matter not my parents though they still share an email account in case the emails run out yeah well don't want to trouble google with all that server space do they <laughs> ip addresses are running out though aren't they yeah but not from helen's dad sending emails to helen's brother he's very uh, very verbose <laughs> got some very high-res jpegs of his sculptures on there. he's got some very high-res puns <laughs> here's a question from griff from cardiff who says answer me this ollie mm-hmm why are the shaver plugs for the bathroom shaped in a different way to normal ones? Mm. Surely water can still get in. So what's the point of shaping it in a different way? Please answer the question. It's been bugging me so much <laughs> over the last few days. See, I thought that uh, Cardiff had quite a lively scene. Obviously, the talking about plugs scene has become uh, <laughs> dominant it's in big, recent it's months. It's big in Wales. Um, the thing is, this plug may seem different to every other plug to you, Griff, because you're in Wales. But some of us do not see differences in appearance in plugs. All the plugs are the same to us. Well, no, I wasn't going to say we that. We are the world. <laughs> no, because... Ebony and ivory. <laughs> no, Three pin, two pin. Helen, well, <laughs> English plugs are the same as the ones in Cardiff, obviously. So I, I also oh, sympathise with this. Oh, don't tell the Welsh that. Oh, they'll be angry. So uh, listeners in other parts of the world who don't know, British plugs have a kind of child safety third pin that goes in. In, as well as the two bits at the bottom to be fair it's also adult safety indeed um and uh, across the rest of europe they don't have that and that's the point uh it's only britain cyprus gibraltar ireland and malta 
in the whole of Europe Oof. that have our plugs. Everyone else has the standard European two-pin plug. Most of those are, are ex-British colonies, aren't they? Correct. The mentioned. Correct. The deal with the plugs on the shavers is that there's actually an EU regulation that every shaver has that plug on it in mm. the EU. Um, and so we have special uh, shaver plugs installed in bathrooms to cope with that. Whereas there aren't EU regulations about other types of plugs. So you can have one type in Europe and a different type in Britain. What made shavers so bloody special? Uh, because they get plugged into a bathroom and they're more likely to electrocute they've you. They've probably got lower voltages as well. So exactly. So they need to make sure they've got a certain type that will be compliant across the whole of the EU and be safe. Oh, God. Okay, well, that was boring. As a question about <laughs> plugs was always going it's, to I be. didn't make it as boring as it could have been, Helen. I could have used the words isolating transformers. Uh, but I didn't. Oh. I tried to put it in layman's terms. Oh, no, I think Martin's interest. Oh, yeah. God. Okay. Yeah, fascinating, is that, aren't Is that they? step up or step down? Oh, step down every way. So I'm terribly sorry to the next correspondent, but I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce their name, but I think maybe it's Wheatsey. Uh, from Hertfordshire, anyway. They say, Some dumb person recently posted a fact on Facebook saying that Ludwig Muller, the founder of Hitler's Reich Church... Okay, this sounds funny already. ...made the Muller Yogurt Company. <laughs> that is quite funny. <laughs> I researched it a little bit, and it was even on the Muller Yogurt website. So Ollie answered me this, can this be true? And if so, isn't that bad publicity if they're portraying it on their website? Uh, okay, the clue is if you actually read what it says on the Muller website, right? Yeah. It says... When yoghurt-loving Ludwig Müller first established his little Bavarian village dairy back in 1896, he could scarcely have imagined the staggering success it would have become. 1896. Yes. Would a man that was a farmer in 1896 go on to become the head of the Nazi church? Or would Ludwig Müller, the head of uh, the Nazi church, born in 1892, (laughs) developed enough in his first four years to become a successful dairy (laughs) farmer? It was a very easy cross-referencing exercise, this. Yeah. Interesting, though, this business about, you know, if it was a Nazi company, can you buy from it now? Like, with Hugo Boss, this is often an argument, isn't They're it? They, well, they made the jackboots. Hugo Boss personally Did designed they? the Nazi jackboots. They don't really tout that around now. It's all perfume, isn't <laughs> no. it? No, but the, thing, the company's very different now, isn't it? It's prob- I don't know who they're owned by, but I imagine it's one of the big conglomerates that owns all the designer labels, and I presume they employ people of all sorts of different races and religions. No, just blonde ones. <laughs> so... Is it still a Nazi? Like I don't know. I've got I've got Hugo Boss specs on. I did think about them when I bought. I thought. <gasps> don't tell your grandfather. Do I really? You're well, I think about it. But I thought. Well, you see, my grandfather drove a Mercedes, and he dealt with that in 1979. So it's like, well, you know. Well, was uh, was Mercedes? A, a well, just supporter. that Hitler used to ride around in one. It's not Mercedes's fault that Hitler liked the cars. Well, they no. were a German car maker, right? Yeah. The thing is, though, in any big brand, there is going to be something terrible in the background. <laughs> it's just we might not always know about it as much as we know about Nazi Germany, right? Well, I'm not sure what there is in the background of Muller Yogurt, <laughs> but if you've got any dirt on them, let us know. They were the ones who crucified Christ. I... Well, that's enough for the first episode back. You know, we, don't want to, we don't want to tire ourselves out so early on in the series, after no, all. Nor you, with your delicate ears that haven't been used to listening to our incredible voices. Your poor brain, so understimulated during our absence. But stimulate them and make them formulate questions, which, of course, you can send to us via all the contact details that are listed on our website. AnswerMeThisPodcast.com And that is where you can head to click through to buy the Jubilee album. As before mentioned, please do that. You will enjoy it. One hour of all new Answer Me This for just £2.49. And there's an extra... Helen and Ollie treat for you all this week yes. as well. Yeah, you wait three weeks and two podcasts come along at once uh, because we are the guests on this week's ESC Insight podcast. That sounds academic. What is it? Well, it is kind of for geeks, <laughs> <laughs> but for geeks that like Eurovision. So a uh, very uh. particular type of geek that's not necessarily the kind of geek that Martin likes. Uh, it's a show uh, presented by podcast podfather Ewan Spence in which he talks to people about Eurovision entries and this week we're the guests. Yes. 
So and if you'd like to hear our opinion on whether you should vote for Norway or Cyprus, do click the link on our website. Well, you should, because Ewan Spence is the man who got Ollie Mann into podcasts in the first place That's way right. back in 2006. So we all him. owe him one. And I thought, what's mm. he doing? Portable tape recorder. Loser. Microphone. Hey. I could do that. <laughs> and lo, you became and here him. we are. He here has we begotten are. this. <laughs> anyway, and uh, we will get another episode next week, so please come back for that. Bye! Bye.